It's the State of the Union Address Week here at News Source 1 Michiana. Three days of the coverage. Starting Tuesday with previews leading up to President Biden's first official State of the Union at 9 p.m., which you can view on our Facebook group. Then our station will add a full replay of the speech on our radio station all day Wednesday. On Wednesday and Thursday, hear our talk show hosts give their analysis on the speech. Also please send us civil comments on the presidential speech Tuesday night. The fun, pomp, circumstance, and debate breakout Tuesday through Thursday here on News Source 1 Michiana. This is News To Go, your daily news podcast featuring news from various news outlets. Heard via our Anchor podcast app and playing on iRadio daily until mid-afternoon. Now the news. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. Bloodshed in California. Authorities in Sacramento, California say a man shot and killed his three children, one other person and himself, Monday at a church. An official said the man who was not identified was estranged from the mother of the children and the woman had a restraining order against him. Deputies responded to reports of gunfire around 5 p.m. Sacramento County Sheriff Scott Jones said investigators believe the shooting took place during a supervised visit for the man with the children. The fourth victim was was the chaperone. I'm Mike Gracia. Don't give up on America's pastime for this year just yet. Major League Baseball extending its deadline for reaching a labor deal to Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time for hopes of salvaging opening day as scheduled March 31st. Players and owners engaged in a series of negotiations beginning yesterday and wound up at 2.30 this morning. They will resume at 11 later this morning. Also at SRNnews.com, three more states ending school mask mandates. Correspondent Mike Hempen has more on that story. School children in California, Oregon, and Washington will no longer be required to wear masks. The Democratic governors of those states announced a change in a joint statement, citing declining case rates and hospitalizations across the West. The new guidance will make face coverings a recommendation rather than a requirement at most indoor places in California starting March 1st and at schools on March 12th. In Washington and Oregon, all requirements will lift on March 12th. Federal mask mandates will still apply in high-risk indoor settings such as public transportation, airports, and taxis. I'm Mike Hempen. And this is SRN News. America's pastors pondering their own credibility. The Barner Group has been asking clergymen whether or not their local community considers them a trustworthy source of wisdom. 83% of Protestant pastors say yes, they think local people consider them credible. 17% say no. And what of their own congregations? 100% of Protestant pastors think the people that attend their church regularly do believe they are a trustworthy source of wisdom on a variety of issues. Michael Harrington, SRN News. New report shows more than half of U.S. abortions are done now with drugs rather than surgery. The trend spiked during the pandemic as telemedicine increased and abortion pills by mail were allowed. That report says drugs accounted for 54% of all abortions in 2020. That's up from roughly 40% the year before. This is SRN News. 
of the group Students for Life now in Washington protesting the Biden administration's effort to disguise pro-abortion legislation under a health bill. Bernie Bennett explains. Students for Life Action President Kristen Hawkins called on U.S. Senators to vote no against the deceptively named Women's Health Protection Act, which is, quote, an abortion industry wish list for power and control over abortion policy and state options that far surpasses the heavy-handed impact of Roe v. Wade. Hawkins writes in a letter, quote, Using the term health in the bill is especially deceitful because abortion kills an innocent and can end a woman's ability to ever have a child. SFL action will score the vote that impacts not only what kind of policy is possible at the federal level, but also across the country. Bernie Bennett reporting. Wall Street Monday, the Dow lost 166 points. S&P 500 down 10. NASDAQ, though, was up 56 points. More details at srnnews.com. Detailed forecast. Today, mostly cloudy, with a high near 50. West wind 5 to 10 miles per hour becoming northwest in the afternoon. Tonight, mostly cloudy, with a low around 29. North wind around 5 miles per hour. Wednesday, partly sunny, with a high near 51. East wind 5 to 10 miles per hour becoming west in the afternoon. Wednesday night, a slight chance of rain before 1 a.m., then a slight chance of snow. Mostly cloudy, with a low around 24. Northwest wind 10 to 15 miles per hour becoming north after midnight. Winds could gust as high as 20 miles per hour. Chance of precipitation is 20%. Thursday. Partly sunny, with a high near 35. Northeast wind 5 to 10 miles per hour. Thursday night. Mostly cloudy, with a low around 26. Friday. Mostly cloudy, with a high near 42. Friday night. A 30% chance of rain, mainly after 1 a.m. Mostly cloudy, with a low around 34. Saturday. Rain likely, mainly after 1 p.m. Mostly cloudy, with a high near 56. Chance of precipitation is 70%. Saturday night. Rain, mainly before 1 a.m., low around 43. Chance of precipitation is 90%. Sunday. A 30% chance of rain. Partly sunny, with a high near 53. Sunday night. Rain likely. Mostly cloudy, with a low around 35. Chance of precipitation is 60%. Welcome to 2022 Talks, where we're following our democracy in historic times. There is no debate. These are war crimes. At an emergency session of the United Nations, Ukraine Representative Sergei Kozlitsha described scenes from the Russian invasion. Russia is attacking hospitals, mobile aid brigades, and ambulances. This is not the action of a state with a legitimate security concern. Ukrainian and Russian delegates held direct negotiations, but no compromise was reached. As the invasion entered its sixth day, U.N. Emergency Relief Coordinator Martin Griffiths reported a rapidly growing humanitarian crisis. Civilian children, women and men have been injured and killed. Homes have been damaged. It's estimated more than half a million refugees have fled Ukraine. And a dozen Russian diplomats were expelled from the U.N. for, quote, espionage activities. There are unconfirmed reports Russia used a thermobaric weapon known as a vacuum bomb in Ukraine Monday. When asked if Americans should be concerned about nuclear war, President Joe Biden said no. The conflict is expected to be a top talking point during Biden's first State of the Union address tonight at 9 p.m. Biden will present his plan to lower costs for Americans by making more products in the U.S., promoting fair competition, 
strengthening supply chains and eliminating barriers to well-paying jobs. He's also expected to call on Congress to address rising inflation. Meanwhile, a new Yahoo News YouGov poll found 41% of U.S. adults surveyed approve of the president's performance, while 53% disapprove. More than 6 in 10 Americans said Biden has not kept most of his campaign promises. President Biden's Supreme Court nominee, Ketanji Brown-Jackson, will hold her first meetings with Senate leadership from both parties on Wednesday. During a Black History Month event at the White House Monday, Vice President Kamala Harris praised Jackson as a phenomenal justice. She has a brilliant mind and a record of excellence, a record that proves she will administer equal justice. Jackson could be confirmed by the Senate before the chamber's Easter break. Legislation to classify lynching as a federal hate crime was passed by the House. The passage comes more than 120 years after the first federal anti-lynching bill was introduced by then-Representative George Henry White, who was the only black member of Congress at the time. Congressman Ted Deutsch of Florida is now the 31st House Republican who will not run for re-election in November. So far, only 13 House Republicans have said they will not seek another term. Convoys of truckers are headed towards the nation's capital, pushing off from various starting points throughout the country. Mike Landis, organizer of the People's Convoy, says they are fighting for health freedom. We want this government to bring back the Constitution by ending the Emergency Powers Act. The convoys are expected in Washington, D.C. by the weekend. I'm Mary Sherman for Pacifica Network and Public News Service. Find our E-Trust indicators to support transparency and accuracy at publicnewsservice.org. From Feature Story News in London, I'm Ollie Barrett. A Russian military convoy approaching Ukraine's capital is far bigger than first thought. Satellite images show it's around 40 miles long and on a stretch of road north of Kiev. Moscow correspondent Stuart Smith says the convoy is making progress towards the capital. The front of that column is around 20 miles north of the city, so that is an increase um, in, in, from previous estimates of how close the Russian army is to the city. The Ukrainian president, Vladimir Zelensky, said overnight, we did not let them break the defense of the capital and they're sending saboteurs to us. We will neutralize them. A military base on the edge of Kiev's also been targeted with airstrikes overnight and explosions have continued in the second largest city of Kharkiv, which appears close to being overrun, according to Stuart Smith. There it's the case uh, that the mayor, at least, is saying there are armoured vehicles and tanks everywhere in the city and there are checkpoints at all the city's entrances. However, he says it remains Ukrainian and will continue to resist. Ukraine's president says the bombardment of Kharkiv is a war crime. Volodymyr Zelensky says civilians have been deliberately targeted there. India is sending its first batch of humanitarian supplies to Ukraine. It's New Delhi's first sign of support for the country ravaged by war. But India still hasn't condemned Russia's invasion. Ishan Gerg reports from New Delhi. Medical supplies and grains could be part of the relief package from Delhi. The decision comes after the Ukrainian ambassador's heartfelt appeal for help on Monday. India had so far maintained a neutral stance on the conflict, only calling for peace in the international forums and never condemning the attack itself. Analysts say India is struggling to find a fine balance. It cannot afford to condemn Russia, on which India relies for most of its defense supplies, but at the same time presses building from the West to be part of a collective response to Moscow. India is hoping to maintain cordial relations with the U.S. and Europe as it looks for political backing to counter China's influence in Asia. Ishan Garg, New Delhi.
In other news, Japan's easing COVID-19 border controls after months of tough restrictions. Non-resident foreign nationals are now allowed to enter the country for purposes other than tourism. But the government's facing strong calls to relax measures further, as Phoebe Amoroso reports. From Tuesday, business travellers, students and technical trainees will once again be able to enter Japan and the quarantine period has been reduced to three days for those testing negative on the third day. The government has also raised the cap on new daily arrivals to 5,000 from 3,500. But it's expected to take time to clear the backlog. Official data showed that there were around 400,000 people waiting to enter the country in early January. Business and academic communities both within Japan and abroad are calling on the government to ease restrictions further. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. This is News Source 1 Michiana, Elkhart South Bend. What could possibly possess someone to take their own life? This is a profound question that never seems to have a worthy answer. It is the question that we are left to ponder after someone we know commits suicide. In dealing with the shock, grief, and confusion, we may wonder what more we could have done. Historically, statistics have shown Black people to be less prone to taking this action when compared to other races. But in recent years, there's been a notable rise in suicides in the black population. According to the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Office of Minority Health, recent numbers put suicide as the second leading cause of death for black people ages 15 to 24. Additionally, the death rate from suicide for black men was four times greater than that for black women. And black high school aged females were 60% more likely to attempt suicide as compared to non-Hispanic white females of the same age. The world was shocked to learn that Miss USA 2019, Chesley Chris, leapt to her death from her New York City apartment. The 30-year-old lawyer was widely celebrated for being one of the black beauty queens that dominated the major pageants in 2019. Her story broke just days after we learned that Ian Alexander Jr., son of the famous actress Regina King, had taken his own life at age 26. More recently, we learned of the tragic end to the life of a 32-year-old woman who jumped to her death from the side of a carnival cruise ship. These are just some of the high-profile incidents of suicide involving Black people. To further discuss the increase in suicide rates for Black Americans, I have today's guest, BIN anchor Esther Dillard with us. This is Our Daily Story, and I am your host, Ramses Ja. Getting that perfect shot in the dark is no longer a shot in the dark. Galaxy S22 series is here and breaking all the rules. Keep memories close with crystal clear photos and 8K video, even in low light. Plus an incredible all-day battery that can take on any weekend adventure. And when you pre-order Galaxy S22 series today, you'll get double the storage on us to save double the memories. Plus up to $200 in Samsung credit. Are you ready to break the rules? Visit Samsung.com today. Well, I want to welcome you, Wester. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Of course. And, uh, you know, obviously this is a, a very heavy subject to discuss. So let's get right into it. So first question, what are some things that may have contributed to this uptick in suicide rates for Black Americans? Well, experts that I've spoken with at the Black Mental Health Alliance in Baltimore, Maryland, tells me that there are a lot of factors. Um, first, there's the pandemic. Folks have had to isolate. And even today, many people aren't socializing like they did before the pandemic began. 
Um, my own research also indicates that during the height of the pandemic, Black and Latinos were at home with sometimes two and three generations of folks living together. That's grandma, grandpa, auntie, mama, the mm. kids, maybe the grandkids. Now throw in the late, the stress of being perhaps laid off from your job and the lack of funds. Or mm. if you have a job, but you're stressed out because you don't want to catch COVID and be out of work. Then you have the whole kids working at home, and that's a whole nother conversation with mm-hmm. remote learning. Now, add on, many have lost loved ones to COVID. Now, this is not just emotional. This is also financial. Lots of folks who have passed away they and continue to pass away um, don't have insurance policies. Now, you're dealing with grief, and you're going to have to bury your loved one and finish paying the hospital bills. Then there's the ro- uh, racially motivated violence that people have um, dealt with. Um, and experienced directly and indirectly. Um, Numerous neuroscience studies show that even if you haven't experienced direct violence, when you watch video of racial aggression over and over, like on social media, your body is experiencing that trauma as if you are experiencing it in that moment. And then if you don't have an outlet to talk about it to somebody in a productive way, all that stress can build up and definitely take its toll on a person. Well, I think I want to circle back to that outlet for talking about it, because in my research, I'm finding that just talking about things like that does help. But before we get there, numerous studies show there's a correlation between poverty rates and suicide rates in the U.S., but other studies show that suicide rates tend to be lower in poor countries. Why do you believe that disparity exists? It's interesting, but the latest data that I read from um, BMJ shows in 2019, this is older data, um, the conclusion was that suicide deaths were the leading 10 causes of death across Eastern Europe, Central Europe, um, high-income Asia-Pacific, Australia, high-income North America. And according to the report, suicide had in some cases declined. However, reports of suicide are often underreported. Um, the report also said Zimbabwe, Jamaica, Paraguay, Belize, they all experienced um, statistically significant increases in their mortality rates from suicide from 1990 to 2016. Reasons why? It's unclear. Um, authors of the, that study that I read suggest that factors could be mental health disorders, it could be drug and alcohol abuse, or even just um, results of violence against that person and that they are trying to get out of that situation by taking their own lives. That's very sad. Well, as we mentioned earlier, not everyone is dealing with such heavy issues insofar as we can tell from the outside looking in. Um, as, As we mentioned, there are numerous examples of successful people who also choose to commit suicide. What could push a person who is well-regarded to take such an action? Well, I asked that question of um, the psychotherapist and clinical social worker, Montrella Cowan, at the Mm -hmm. Black Mental Health Alliance. And she told me that many times um, these folks who are professional folks that are high uh, achievers, um, go-getters, they may be experiencing deep depression and they just don't recognize it. Um, Some have called this high functioning depression, although it's not a medical term. They just keep chugging. They hope to cope with, you know, try to cope with it by being the strong black person, strong black woman, strong black man, not talking about it. And some people are workaholics. They feel that depression hole with work 
Others filled it with food um, or something else. So that may be one of the reasons why we don't recognize it on the outside. Very good. From the creator of The Bright Sessions comes a new fiction podcast for all ages. Jump back to 1997 and follow Maxine Miles as she starts high school in the picturesque town of Hastings, New Hampshire. Fall is the season in which this small town shines. Apple cider, pumpkin patches, farmer's markets. It's idyllic for adults and boring for Max. But suddenly, Max's school year starts to look a bit more interesting when a fellow student vanishes. With the help of her misanthropic classmate, Ross, Max starts to look into the disappearance. Her investigation draws her deep into the dark woods around Hastings and even deeper into the secrets and lies that course through the veins of this sleepy town. This new YA mystery from writer-director Lauren Chippen is an audio drama with heart and wit that involves the audience in a way no fiction podcast ever has. Listen to Maxine Miles on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite shows. Today's guest is BIN anchor Esther Dillard, and we are discussing the increase in suicide rates for Black Americans. Um, how about this? What are some of the telltale signs that a loved one might be suicidal? Well, that uh, psychotherapist, Ms. Cowan, said that if a person is depressed, um, sometimes it looks like um, they may be depressed o- over a week or more where they, they are dealing with it, that those some emotional issues for more than a week, or perhaps they're just perpetually angry. Mm. Uh, they really don't know how to positively direct that anger or express that anger. Um, they might be, something might be going on more underneath the surface and that they need to talk about it. But those are the, some of the signs that you might see. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not sure that I had really considered anger. Uh, to be one of the telltale signs. So I appreciate the answer. Um, So that brings us to perhaps what we can do to help. What can we do if we suspect someone that we know to be suicidal? I think the best advice that I've heard and from the conversations that I've had and what I've read also is that try to get the person to talk to that, talk to you and try to (laughs) listen to that person. I think that a lot of times we want to talk (laughs) <laughs> we don't listen. And, and that means really empathetically and and quietly listening to what they have to say and try to talk to them to see what they're thinking about, how they feel. Sometimes they just need to open up to a person first who they trust. Mm-hmm. Then, of course, try to move on to the next step of trying to get them to a professional to talk with. And I was told um, when it comes to black Americans, uh, find a professional that is culturally competent. Um, That doesn't necessarily mean that they are black, but that they understand cultural bias. They understand microaggressions and all the other intricate items that affect African-Americans in their experience from day to day. If they that person, whether they're white, black, whatever ethnicity, if they understand those things when talking with a person, they're they're usually able to um, help that person in a better way, especially if they're a professional in this field. Sure, sure. So how about this? For individuals who might be listening to us today, who themselves may be battling depression or any of the other symptoms that we've outlined here, and maybe their thoughts have drifted toward suicide. Speak to 
the the role that perhaps a, a barber may have or or a clergy person may have in in their life and helping them find their way through that mental fog sometimes that person who is a who is their barber or their their loved one or perhaps the the clergy person um they that person a lot of times has a connection to them on another level that mm. perhaps another person who is not who's a healthcare professional who doesn't know their story mm. can reach them and and sometimes they're able to connect with them in different ways that perhaps that health professional may not be able to they know that person from maybe being the little guy sitting in the in the barber's chair until they've grown <laughs> up and they've been able to to kind of they have that history and they sure. can be able to kind of deal with that person. Um, and often the pastor who's known them for a longer period of time, or the, the barber who's known them for a longer period of time can talk to them about their parents and what the experience that perhaps they didn't make connections with in the wow. past. Wow. And they can be able to, to kind of connect the dots. Um, and you know, from your own, probably your own health experience, maybe not mental health, but just your health in general. If you don't know the stories of your parents and your grandparents, sometimes it's difficult to be able to deal with your own personal health sure, because you don't sure. know those, you don't know that background. So having that history added in there, plus the empathy can be a wonderful help. Well said. Well, I appreciate that. And thank you very much for your insight. Once again, today's guest is BIN anchor Esther Dillard. And before we go, I want to leave you with this. The most precious thing we have is our lives. We know this innately and we recognize it in each other. Perhaps this is the reason the topic of suicide can be so jarring and confusing. However, it is this recognition that often serves as the basis for any action that we might take to prevent a suicide. Nobody is simply the worst thing they've ever done. No one should be defined by their biggest failing. However, in the midst of a profound sadness, it's hard for some people to see beyond their tears. By studying the signs and meeting the challenge of suicide prevention, we just may end up saving the life of our friend, our family member, or maybe even ourselves. This has been a production of the Black Information Network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Follow us on all social media at Our Daily Story. I am your host, Ramses Ja. Join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on Our Daily Story. Hey there, I'm Jess. Milady Confetti here. Hi, I'm Psyche. And I'm Hey Shady Lady. And welcome to Boss Level, a podcast where we feature conversations with guests who have leveled up, bringing an XP boost to the table. We pick the brains of professionals, creators, and bosses in industries across the globe to help our listeners achieve their own Boss Level. We are not just creating a podcast, but a gamified and engaged community. Listen to Boss Level on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is News Source 1 Michiana, Elkhart South Bend, 